All right, so with your permission, I'm recording. Uh, just state your name and title for me, if you would, please. Sure, Mike Drake. And do you prefer uh, uh, Mike or Michael for purposes of the story? Mike is fine. All right, and you have been uh, appointed by Sangamon County Democrats to be the party's nominee for uh, state's attorney uh, in November. What interested you in the position? Well, I, I've got a long history in uh, criminal defense work and criminal uh, justice work in general. I was a prosecutor uh, at the onset of my career. And um, uh, so I just think I have a lot to bring to the office. Uh, tell me a bit about your background. You mentioned prosecutor. I believe, as I recall, you worked uh, both in Sangamon County and in Cook County, the state's attorney's offices. That's correct. Uh, I went to law school at DePaul uh, in Chicago. And during the time that I was in uh, law school, I worked for uh, Cook County State's Attorney's Office in their uh, drug prosecution deferment program. So uh, upon... Uh, um, uh, passing the bar, uh, I was hired as a uh, prosecutor with that office, and uh, I was with them, I think, for a total of a little over eight years and uh, ended up in the uh, felony trial division down in 26 in California. So I had a great deal of experience there in trials. Uh, we had hundreds of trials, and, and uh, those would be primarily bench trials, but also uh, probably 30 or so uh, felony jury trials, including murders and uh, sexual assault and residential burglary, those kinds of things. Um, so in any event, uh, I had two. Ch- Go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I'm just um, wondering then what how did you wind up? Uh, are you a Springfield native or how did you wind up in Springfield? Yes. Born and raised here in Springfield. I see. Uh, my uh, parents had uh, nine children. We all were raised here. Some are still in town. And so uh, you then decided to return to Springfield to be closer to family or what brought you back here? Yeah, it was uh, time for me to make a decision in terms of uh, my professional life. And um, although my wife was from Chicago, we had two children and uh, we thought that uh, it might be a little more manageable to raise the kids down here in Springfield. Uh, So we moved down here and during the first year or so that we were here, we had a third child. During that time, I was working for uh, Sangamon County State's Attorney's Office. Uh, at that time, it was Pat Kelly, uh, and I was uh, head of the felony division there. And uh, during that period of time, I probably tried about 13 uh, felony cases. Again, a number of uh, murder trials and uh, sexual assault and, you know, the, the, the range. Um, so, yeah, that's what brought me down here. It was an easy transition to go from... Uh, Chicago to Springfield doing the same kind of work. And I know you've had quite a few years in in private practice uh, in criminal defense and also working as a public defender. Uh, How how would that experience inform your return to prosecution should you be elected state's attorney? Yeah, uh, I've had uh, quite a bit of uh, private practice experience. I was a partner at Brown Hay and Stevens where I did a lot of civil litigation. During that period of time, I wasn't doing a great deal of criminal defense work. Uh, when I left the law firm, I uh, joined the, uh, well, didn't join, I uh, was appointed to uh, the Executive Inspector General's office and uh, for the comptroller for the state of Illinois. And I ran about three terms during that period of time. And, uh, and during that time, I had a criminal defense practice as well. Um, the Executive Inspector General sort of quasi-criminal uh, cases, uh, you know, investigating uh you know, various misdeeds and so forth. Um, in any event, uh, when I 
uh, was not reappointed for a fourth term. Um, uh, a job came up in Christian County, and uh, I was public defender there. So how does that inform your decision? You know, it's, it's in many ways, you know, uh, defense work uh, and prosecution work uh, is really just, you know, opposite sides of the same coin. Um, it's, you know, the criminal justice system, the, the same laws apply on both ends. Uh, and the hope is that you're achieving some sort of uh, appropriate disposition, uh, depending on who it is you're representing, the people of the community or, uh, or your individual client. So, you know, it's uh, invaluable, really, to have that kind of experience on both sides of the aisle, in my opinion. Um, Having had that experience working in criminal defense here locally, what's been your perception then of the Sangamon County State's Attorney's Office from the the other side of the courtroom? Uh, Is it an office that is well run or does it need improvements? Oh, I think, you know, any office could uh, use improvements, certainly. Uh, and, and, uh, again, I've, I've mentioned before in other interviews that, uh, I've known Dan Wright for a number of years, not socially, but professionally. I think he's a fine man and runs a fine office. I think I would run it a little bit differently. Um, I think if, if, if anybody's had any experience with our criminal courts here in, uh, Sangamon County and, and really, uh, you know, statewide, nationwide, sometimes it feels as though, uh, they've come to a screeching halt. Uh, matters don't get resolved. Cases don't uh, get disposed of, and um, and I think there's a much more efficient manner in which uh, about going going about uh, you know seeking justice. Can you uh, run the state's attorney's office with the same staffing, the same budget? Do you feel like you need more lawyers? What what about the logistics of actually maintaining and, and achieving that greater efficiency? Oh, absolutely. No, no, I, I don't see any purpose in uh, bringing more money into the equation. And uh, I don't think we'd need any more lawyers. Um, I think what we need to do is just move the cases a little bit more quickly. And each lawyer then would not be uh, as terribly burdened as they are right now. Um, it seems to me that the onus should be on the state's attorney's office to see that the wheels begin to move a little bit more smoothly than they are currently. I think oftentimes uh, people look to the defense bar to get a case resolved or to have a case tried and so forth. It's it's quite honestly not often in the best interest of a defendant to take his case to trial. Uh, so, you know, as a case gets older, it's uh, not going to get any better for the state. And uh, what I find is that uh, the state, uh, you know, at the initial stage of the game, the charging decision, uh, which is really the critical decision in, in prosecution, uh, has not yet put the case together the way it ought to be put together so that by the time the case gets to a posture of, uh, of, of trial, there's a lot of things that have been left undone. And by that time, the cat's out of the bag and, and many of these things can't be uh, retrieved and, and brought back into, you know, uh, into use for the purposes of the trial. So there's, there's quite a bit that can be done, I think, uh, in the way of uh, education and discipline of the assistant state's attorneys, all of whom are uh, bright young people uh, with uh, idealistic attitudes and eager to learn. And I think my experience, at least in 30 years that I've been watching the court system, what I'm seeing is uh, young people who come in thinking they can get a certain amount of experience, but uh, they're left frustrated in many ways. Um, uh, 
they oftentimes think their hands are tied as far as how they want to dispose of a case. Uh, they uh, perhaps aren't encouraged to uh, try cases more often than they are currently. And it seems to me, uh, you know, as a general proposition, uh, prosecutors and, and same with public defenders are not paid that well, uh, certainly not uh, as it relates to the private bar. And I always tell young people, you get what you, uh, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. And uh, there's a great deal of value in doing the kind of work that they're doing. But it's not enough just to show up to work and kind of, you know, move move things along in an orderly way. You have to be a little bit more proactive and, uh, and, and uh, you know, attempt to improve your own skills. And that is something that you can't get anywhere else. You can't find it in private practice. But at any later date, it's going to be a commodity, uh, something that you can market or whatever it may be. Uh, one last question from a practical consideration. You still have to collect signatures to secure your place on the ballot. Tough environment right now in which to try to go out and get people to sign petitions and things. How do you get that done in the midst of a pandemic and a, a near virtual lockdown? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. That's a difficult proposition. Uh, I spoke with the Democratic committee uh, headed by Doris Turner, and, and she and her committee are uh, putting together a list of names of people that were involved, I guess, in the uh, uh, primary ballot, uh, prim- primary election, people that had picked a Democratic ballot. And they're reaching out to those people, as I understand it, uh, individually by way of text, phone, email, that sort of thing. So there won't be any knocking on doors and I won't be standing at the, uh, uh, you know, in the shopping malls and so forth trying to uh, secure those uh, signatures. So I'm, I'm hoping that that can happen um, and that uh, should it happen and we do it by the end of the month and uh, then I'll be on the ballot in November. All right, listen, I appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to talking to you throughout the course of the campaign. And, of course, as you uh, uh, put out uh, position papers, statements, things like that, please uh, let us know about them. We'd be happy to report on them.